This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala ibadihi ladina stafa. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless him and all his companions and to bless every single one of us. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters and dearest listeners. This evening, we have arrived at the 27th night of this month of Ramadan. Which means we have two nights remaining or if Allah wants to give us from his mercy a third night, we will be having three nights. We need to ask ourselves, what did we achieve from the past 27 nights? From the moment the moon was sighted, we went into a mode, that is the Ramadan mode. Did we benefit from it in a manner that today we can sit and say, Alhamdulillah, I've achieved something. If we cannot do that, then we are at loss. But still, it's not too late. There are a few hours remaining of this beautiful month. And this evening, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. There is a possibility that this night may be the night of decree, where all the decrees are written for the coming year, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an. And it is the night where the Qur'an was revealed from the heavens or from the preserved tablet to the lowest heaven. And it's a very auspicious night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of it in the Qur'an that it is better than a thousand months, which is more than 80 odd years of worship. Just a quick reminder that when the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam heard about the worship of the people of previous nations, they lived for 900 years, 1000 years, 800 years, 500 years, they asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the worship and the opportunities of worship for so many years. And they were given this as a gift. We were all given it as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us forgiveness. The greatest achievement that one can achieve on the night of decree and power is forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the greatest achievement. Because Aisha radiallahu anha asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if I am searching for the night of decree and I find it, what should I say? What is the prayer I should make? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instructed her, say, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. Oh Allah, you are most forgiving, you love to forgive, so forgive me. What a simple dua. And this obviously would result in a person achieving paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all and grant us Jannah. The verses we read this evening, powerful verses. If you notice, they are becoming shorter verses. And the meaning is obviously packed with power. Most of the verses of, or most of the surahs where the verses are very short, most of them were revealed in Makkah al-Mukarramah. 
The reason is the kuffar did not like to listen to the Qur'an. Prior to hijrah, in the initial stages, they didn't like to listen to the Qur'an. So if there were long verses, they would close their ears and instruct others to close their ears. But when a verse is short and sharp, it would pierce straight through. Before they were able to block their ears, the verse was over. So when they did block their ears, it gave them an opportunity to ponder over what was said. As they felt that now it was over and released their hands, the next verse came in and they quickly put their fingers back into their ears. And it gave them an opportunity to ponder over that as well. And no sooner did a few verses complete and they had accepted Islam in a lot of the cases. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to move towards him and not away from him. Ameen. In this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is surah al-mujadala or al-mujadila, named after a lady who came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam complaining about her husband. So it's either that complaint or it's either named after the lady herself, al-mujadila. She came and told the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my husband is being so bad to me. He married me when I was young and he, he enjoyed himself, mashallah, and so now that I'm growing and I'm older and so on, he's shown a disinterest, he ignores me, he does not speak to me properly and so on, and he is making bad statements, he is making detrimental statements, the details of these statements are mentioned in the books of tafsir. And in fact, even in the Quran, Part of these statements are mentioned, very bad statements. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously was watching. This woman complaining about her husband, because in many cases, women go through silent suffering. So the opening verses of the surah are comfort to those women who are going through that type of suffering. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard what was going on and the complaints. And the Prophet ﷺ was calming her down and giving her some advice and trying to explain to her what to do and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intervened. What was the intervention? قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوْرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah has heard the woman who has come to you complaining about her husband. Allah has heard it. And Allah is listening to the conversation between the two of you. For He is indeed most... Meaning He hears absolutely everything, all hearing. And He witnesses absolutely everything. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the response and what should be done and the, the punishment, the penalization of that particular husband and so on. And what would happen if he continued in that manner. So this verse or these verses are definitely a lesson for the men folk to say, be careful how you treat your women. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching and he knows and definitely he will respond. And he is there to defend the women folk when they feel that there is no one to defend us. Because at times they might go to the ulama or they might go somewhere, but they cannot express themselves. Sometimes the oppression is of such a nature that the man appears to be so pious and yet he is full of swear words. 
The, the, the relation in the house is a cat and mouse relation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So even the scholars of Islam might not even believe that this is going on in the house. And a lot of women choose to just put a cover over it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them protection. This night is a night really when we should be turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those of us who are guilty of oppressing our women folk, let's admit it and let's change. Those of us who don't know how to speak to our wives and our mothers and the women in our homes, our daughters, our sisters, let us change that for the sake of Allah because Allah is watching. And when the punishment of Allah overtakes such people, may Allah not make us from amongst them, it will be very severe. Because imagine if Allah has come to the rescue of a woman who felt so helpless, do you think he's not going to come to the rescue of all the other women who feel equally helpless? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant comfort to our women folk. And may he make us as men more conscious of how we treat our women folk. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how it is that when we have our private meetings, when we have secret meetings, we should not have secret meetings in order to plan and plot evil. But any quiet meeting that we have should always be towards goodness. Ya amanu idha O you who believe, when you gather together for the private council, for that private meeting, فَلَا تَتَنَاجَوْ بِالْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ وَمَعْصِيَةِ الرَّسُولِ Don't ever get together in order to discuss sin and how to transgress and how to rebel and how to go against the message of the messenger. وَتَنَاجَوْ بِالْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى But it should only be towards righteousness and goodness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to... to Resolve to obey him rather than to resolve to create a problem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Obviously this verse I've read has a reason for its revelation. But we apply the lesson of it to all of us. And definitely the lesson applies to every single one of us. The next surah is surah al-hashr where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again speaks of how important it is not to go against what the messenger has given. Whatever he has given us, we should take it. The instructions he dishes out, we need to adopt them immediately, surrender to them. And whatever he has prohibited, we should abstain from. وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever the messenger has given you in terms of instruction, take it, adopt it. Whatever he has prohibited, you, you need to consider it prohibited. This verse is clear in the adoption of the sunnah as part of the sharia. Many people, or should I say a growing number of people, are being led astray by some who come and say, we only believe in the Qur'an, that's it. This Qur'an, whatever is in it, we take it. Whatever is not in it, we don't want it. We don't believe in the sunnah. Where does it say you need to believe in the sunnah? This verse, amongst other verses, proves directly that we need to adopt the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. And we are people, we don't only believe in La ilaha illallah, but we believe in Muhammadur Rasulullah together with that wasallam. That is the complete shahada. So we need to understand this. This is a verse that is made clear here in this, verse, in this surah. Also in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the qualities 
of the Muhajireen and the Ansar. Who are the Muhajireen? They are those who were forced to leave their homes in order to protect their deen. They gave up whatever they had in order to save their deen and they migrated to Medina. They were known as Muhajireen. Allah describes them as As-Sadiqoon. They are the truthful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they were poor when they arrived in Medina Munawwara. They had absolutely nothing. They had nil. They left their land and their property which was usurped by the kuffar in Mecca and they came for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah describes them and praises them in Surah Al-Hashr. But another description is of the Ansar. Who are the Ansar? The Ansar are those who were living in Medina Munawwara who had the biggest hearts where they opened their doors and welcomed the muhajireen with open arms and shared with them, subhanallah, whatever they had. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the Ansar shared with the muhajireen so much that they even gave away what they needed themselves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. How many of us today would be ready to open our doors to total strangers, the only common factor is that they are Muslimin and share whatever we have half-half. Allahu Akbar. Sometimes we can't even give it to our own brothers whom we are fighting with for years on end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So this is a lesson. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَوَّأُوا الدَّارَ وَالْإِيمَانَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ Look at the qualities of the Ansar. Allah says those Ansar who were in Medina already with their own homes and with their Iman, they loved those who came to them, migrated to them. They did not consider them a burden. You know today we have a refugee problem across the globe. If we had to implement the mu'akha that the Prophet ﷺ implemented at that time, we would solve the problem. How many families are we here in the city of Durban, mashallah? Possibly a few thousand. If every family had to take in one family from those who are homeless on the globe, we'd solve the problem. Subhanallah. But we are not ready to do that. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors that at least if we can't do that, we can give in that cause so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may forgive us. And Allah says, يُحِبُّونَ مَنْ هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ They loved those who made hijrah and migrated to them solely by the link of iman. وَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي صُدُورِهِمْ حَاجَةً مِمَّا أُوتُوا Beautiful description. Allah says, they never found any need in their hearts for that which Allah had bestowed them with to share it. They never found that their hearts inclined towards something Allah gave them and they didn't hesitate to share it. With us, mashallah, you've bought your latest motor vehicle even to give your own son the key for 15 minutes is a problem. Allahu Akbar. Here these people shared, and we are not talking about vehicles, they shared things more valuable. They shared the last few things they had to survive. Listen to the end of the verse. وَيُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ They gave preference over themselves to the muhajireen even though they had a dire need for what they were just giving away. Allahu Akbar. Look at the qualities. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised the Ansar and He has praised the Muhajireen. This is why He chose them to be the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Imagine if we were there. May Allah protect us. I don't even want to say what type of rejection we might have gone through when people wanted to share things, what we might have said. Most probably that's why Allah has kept us so many centuries away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the companionship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the akhirah. Ameen. We need to learn the lesson from this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after describing this so beautifully, He then makes mention of how important it is for everyone to be worried about themselves. Each one, myself included. We need to ask ourselves, what have I prepared to hand in to Allah tomorrow? Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad O you who believe, be conscious of your Rabb, and each one of you should look into what you have prepared to hand in tomorrow. Be conscious of your Rabb is repeated again in the same verse, for indeed Allah is knowing what you do. Allah knows exactly what you do. Today, subhanallah, when the tax man is on our back, or even before he's on our back, we make sure we have paid an accountant to make sure that every, every figure tallies. Because at the end of the year, we don't want a discrepancy of one rand. We're ready to pay someone to ensure that, subhanallah. What about the records of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? May Allah forgive us. If we want to rectify the tax man's books, we've got a big problem. We will be fined and probably imprisoned. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you want to rectify the books, look at a night of this nature. We need to say, Allahumma inna ka'afawun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anni. If that is accepted, our books are clean once again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So these are powerful verses. I'm sure most of us know these verses off by heart. This is why Allah says the Qur'an is so powerful. It has an impact of its own. What is the impact of the Qur'an? لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَىٰ جَبَلٍ لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا لَرَأَيْتَهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدِّعًا مِّنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ Had we sent this Qur'an down onto a mountain, you would have found it humbled down into pieces out of the fear of Allah, trembling out of, a tremor would occur if this Qur'an was sent down onto a mountain. Look at how, how the impact of the Qur'an is upon the mountains. What about us? It was revealed to us. It was sent down to us. It does not even move us at times. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from those. May He soften our hearts. And may He keep us from those really who can move towards Him rather than moving away from Him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah, which is surah al-mumtahina, makes mention of yet another point, powerful point. You see, there were people at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who were the enemies of Islam. They hated the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For what reasons? For reasons that they knew best. They, they did not want to lose the power they had. They did not want to lose the wealth they had. Take a look at Abu Sufyan. Later on to be known as radiallahu anhu. Take a look at Khalid ibn al-Walid. These were the enemies of Islam at one stage. Take a look at Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. He was one of the biggest enemies of Islam. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention in the Quran that Allah is the controller of the hearts. And it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is able to create a deep affection between you and your enemy. So just know the power of Allah.
عسى الله أن يجعل بينكم وبين الذين عاديتم منهم مودة والله قدير والله غفور رحيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to create love between you and the one who is your enemy, whom you are fighting right now. Allah is all able and Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. Hence, you find Abu Sufyan radiallahu anhu accepting Islam and he loved the messenger and the messenger loved him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The same applies to the others like Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Uh, sorry, like uh, Umar ibn al-Khattabi radiallahu anhu. And the likes of Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu and others. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a lesson from this. And there is a beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that appears in Sunan al-Tirmidhi which is advice for all of us. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ahbib habibaka hawnan ma, asa an yakuna baghidak yawman ma. When you love, love in moderation. Because that person might not be so loved to you in the near future. So you don't love so much that you've sold all your secrets away that now when you need to create a barrier, it causes a problem. When you dislike someone, dislike them with moderation. One day they might be your best buddy. So don't handle them in such a way that you create such a huge disgrace that when you need to embrace them, you are now embarrassed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deeper understanding. So moderation in love and moderation in dislike or hate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from these gems, beautiful words. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divert our love to Him rather than to others. Ameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then in Surah Al-Saf, which is the next surah, makes mention of hypocrisy in the opening verses. He says clearly, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَ تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ O you who believe, why do you utter that which you don't do? Why are you showing two colors here? كَبُرَ مَقْتًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَن تَقُولُوا مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ Indeed, it is very detested by Allah. Allah hates when a person says what they do not do. When they show these double standards, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. And this is why it's very important for us to constantly check ourselves. How we appear, what we do, what we say, and so on. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us protection from hypocrisy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of the business, the great business that everybody speaks about. MashaAllah. You know, the word tijara is used here because... A lot of the times when we hear that there is a lucrative deal, people want to open their ears. Even a person who's not ordinarily a businessman, when you tell him there's a deal here, it's simple, come. He'll say, okay, what's it all about? Let's see, I might be able to give up my job and I can do this deal. So Allah says, Ya amanu hal adullukum ala tijarah. Oh, you who believe, can I show you a business? Who's telling us? Imagine if the top businessman here would tell us, look, I want to show you this deal. What would we do? Allah is telling us, I want to show you a business. Can I show you a business? But not any ordinary business. That which will save you from a very painful punishment. 
تؤمنون بالله ورسوله وتجاهدون في سبيل الله بأموالكم وأنفسكم three things believe in Allah and the messenger and struggle in the, in the path of Allah struggle to try and get closer to Allah with your wealth and with yourselves may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to struggle to get closer to him to sacrifice for the deen so that we will be able to learn as much as we can and put into practice as much as we can and teach to others as much as we can and the circle continues may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us to serve the deen and may he make us servants of this deen and may he allow us to use all our moments in his obedience amen then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after that makes mention of the Jumu'ah in the next surah. Jumu'ah is the most blessed day of the week. We all know that. خَيْرُ يَوْمٍ طَلَعَتْ فِيهِ الشَّمْسِ According to the hadith, the best day that the sun has risen. يَوْمُ الْجُمُعَةِ is the Friday. And this day is so important that it is the only day of the week that a whole surah is named after. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it, speaks about how when the call of that Jumu'ah, of the, the Adhan of Jumu'ah is given, we need to immediately rush towards the Masjid, rush towards the Khutbah, towards the lecture, towards that Salah, and we need to leave everything else. It is very important that we as men, and the address here is for men folk, we as men make sure that we treat Friday differently. We give it an importance. We get to the masjid early. I'd like to tell you two narrations. Two narrations of the Prophet ﷺ. The one makes mention of a competition there is every Friday. The angels, إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ الْجُمُعَةِ وَقَفَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ عَلَى بَابِ الْمَسْجِدِ يَكْتُبُونَ الْأَوَّلَ فَالْأَوَّلِ فَإِذَا خَرَجَ الْإِمَامُ that's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He says, when a Friday comes, from very early, the angels, two angels are standing at the doors of the masajid with, with books, writing down who came first, who came second, who came third by name. When the imam gets up, they close the book and they also want to listen. Allahu Akbar. So whoever arrived after the imam got up, they will have fulfilled the farad, but they won't have got any prize in that competition. Their names would not be written in that book that the angels are writing. This is why in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ says, Whoever goes immediately in the first hour to, for, for Jumu'ah and spends the time in the masjid, it is as though they have sacrificed a massive animal for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever goes thereafter, it is as though they've sacrificed a smaller animal. And the one who goes later, sacrificed a chicken and so on. So these ahadith are telling us that it's important for us to go early on a Friday. Many times we find ourselves rushing every Friday. Is that what Jumu'ah is all about? Can we not learn a lesson from the surah named after the Friday? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the best thing for you to do on that Friday leave business completely after you are completed with your Jumu'ah, you may now go back and continue your dealings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah in our deals. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the respect of that Friday. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. The next surah is Surah Al-Munafiqoon. 
named after the hypocrites. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of some of the qualities of the hypocrites. The hypocrites are those who allow their wealth and family members to distract them from Allah and from the message. So anyone who allows their wealth and their families to distract them from Allah and His message, they may have signs of hypocrisy that are becoming apparent. May Allah protect us. This is why Allah says in the surah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُلْهِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ O you who believe, don't ever allow your wealth, meaning your businesses, and your family, your children, and so on, to distract you from the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also mentioned after Surah Al-Jumu'ah, which means sometimes our businesses hold us back on a Friday as well. And even with the other commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes we pamper our children using the name love, but engaging in that which is haram, or allowing them to get away with that which is haram. Especially when it comes to the dress code. May Allah protect our young girls. It's important that we don't allow them to become enslaved by the trends of today. Today, it's not a dress code, it's an undress code. May Allah protect us. That's what's happening to our young girls especially. Every new type of fashion that is coming out is undressing them a little bit more. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our offspring. So it's important we realize this. Another quality of the hypocrites that is mentioned in Surah Al-Munafiqoon is... يَحْسَبُونَ كُلَّ صَيْحَةٍ عَلَيْهِمْ Any call, any cry, they consider it against them. Why? Because of the guilty conscience as we say. A person with a guilty conscience, whatever you utter, they will take it as though it was directed to them. Yet it was not. It was an arm statement. I'll give you an example. If you find the imam on a Friday speaking about adultery, the person who has committed adultery in the morning, may Allah protect us and walked in, he's going to think the imam is talking about me. If the imam speaks about how haram interest is and so on, or how interest is haram, and a person knows that he's eating interest day and night, he will think that this imam is trying to point at me. A man who drinks alcohol, when the imam is talking of how it is prohibited, he will think he is pointing it at me. And so on. This is a sign of hypocrisy. Because when a person is not a hypocrite, they would not be engaged in all these things and they would be happy for someone to remind them where they are going wrong. So this is why never ever feel that someone who's calling you towards goodness is attacking you. Never. The minute we have that feeling in our hearts, we need to start checking ourselves for hypocrisy. Because this is what Surah Al-Munafiqoon says. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And may he make us from those who can understand. The next surah is surah At-Taghabun. At-Taghabun, again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you should know that your families, your spouses, your children, and your wealth, these are tests upon you. We would like you to pass your tests. Innama amwalukum wa awladukum fitna. Definitely your wealth, and your offspring are a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you earn? How do you spend? The, the children that we have, how do we bring them up? What concern do we have for them? And so on. And obviously, the, the previous verse speaks of even the spouse and how sometimes you have enemies from your own spouses and family members who may be leading you astray. So it's important that where the husband sees the wife going astray, he should remind her. 
And where the wife sees the husband going astray, it is her duty to remind him. And we should not feel bad. Sometimes people say, well, look, that's who I am and that's it. No, we should not feel bad. It's our duty, really, to thank Allah when we are being corrected. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter names a whole surah, surah al-talaq. The surah of divorce. Where in the opening verses, he addresses the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, O Messenger, this is how you should divorce. If you have to divorce, this is how it's done. So the ideal manner, let's listen carefully. The ideal manner of divorce is taught. But if someone decides to divorce using a manner that is not ideal, the divorce still occurs. It does not mean it doesn't occur. Some people say, well, look, there were no witnesses, so the talaq is not done. <laughs> no, to have witnesses is ideal. But if you didn't have it, you still shot. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So there is an ideal manner. And this is why anyone who wants to marry, before you marry, learn about divorce. It's important. You know, we have lectures or a little sermon at the opportunity of nikah. You won't have the maulana whom you've invited to officiate telling you, look brothers, there's a wedding today, but let me teach you how to divorce. No one's going to say that. But by right, before you have a gun, you need to have a license. You cannot have a gun without a license. You need to know what the trigger is all about. A lot of people start pulling the triggers without knowing what it's all about. You've killed a few people in the process. Then you say, sorry, this trigger here, but I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know this is what happens. Well, that was foolish. It's already done. This is exactly what's happening when it comes to divorce and talaq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. There is an ideal way of doing it. And remember, it is the last resort. Abghadul halali ilallah, which means the most detested of permissible things. It's not haram to divorce, but it's the most detested. It is the mercy of Allah to allow people to part ways when there is oppression and inability to live together. Total breakdown. Allah says, no problem, my mercy dictates you can part ways. But we should never ever threaten people with divorce. We should never ever hold the issue of talaq in such a way that we are holding people ransom to say, you know what, I'm not going to issue it. Who do you think you are? No, we need to try and resolve our matters and our crises. And once we know that there is no way forward, there is a beautiful way of parting ways in such a way that you may then be allowed to get back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. This is why we say it's important for us to attend the lessons and the lectures of the ulama in our midst because many of us don't know these things yet. They are taught in the masajid. They are taught by the various ulama and so on. We need to know this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever is conscious of Allah, he will open their doors in a manner that they'd never imagined. Whoever fears Allah, whoever is conscious of Allah, He will create a way out for them. Not only in divorce, but in any matter of your life. When we are conscious of Allah, He creates a way out in a manner that we would never have imagined. Allah grants such a person from a place that they'd never ever expected. And these verses continue where Allah says, whoever is conscious of us, we create ease for them. Whoever is conscious of us, we forgive their sins and so on. So these are the beautiful verses of Surah Al-Talaq. Then we ended with Surah Al-Tahreem. A very powerful surah where I would like to make mention of 
what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when addressing us as believers. I'm sure we heard many verses tonight. Ya ayyuhalladheena. O you who believe. In fact, one of the verses, O you who disbelieve. The only place in the Quran where Allah says, O you who disbelieve, is in Surah Al-Tahreem. So Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Oh, you who believe, save yourselves and your family members from the fire, from the punishment. Look at how all these surahs tonight are speaking about ourselves, our family members and so on, how it's a test, how we are supposed to be dealing with them and so on. And Allah says, save yourselves and your family members from the fire. That fire whose fuel will be human beings and stones. Save yourselves from that fire. So that is our duty. It, the, the first duty to save ourselves and our family members, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist us in fulfilling that duty. Then Allah says, the address of the kuffar. How he will address the kuffar on that day. The day of resurrection. Ya ayyuhalladheena kafaru, la ta'tadhiru al-yawm. O you who disbelieve, do not present your excuses today. The messages came, the messengers came. You chose to deny. You chose a path besides the path of the messengers. Now, what do you expect? Don't come with your excuses. That will be the statement to the disbelievers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and not make us from those. Then obviously sometimes people now feel that you know we've committed sin and now we have advanced in age and we don't know what will happen to us. Allah says there is a way out. And He always shows us this way out. Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu tubu ila Allahi tawbatan nasuha. O you who believe, turn to Allah, a sincere turning. Turn to Allah, a sincere turning. That is your only hope. You have no other road besides that. Allahu Akbar. Allah is telling us so beautifully. He says, look, turn to Allah, a beautiful turning, a sincere turning. When we make tawbah to Allah, let's turn to Him beautifully. Let us sincerely ask Him, Ya Allah, grant us a new beginning. Ya Allah, you favor us, Ya Allah. Grant us goodness, save us from the punishment of the fire, Ya Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the dua of the wife of Fir'aun when she disassociated herself from Fir'aun and she made a dua to say, Ya Allah, protect me from Fir'aun. She started off by saying, Oh Allah, build me a house. Not this palace here of Fir'aun. Build me a house by you. In fact, the way she worded it, she says, build me close to you a house. Ibnili indaka baytan fil jannah. So she didn't say, build me a house in paradise close to you. Build me close to you a house in paradise. Which means she wants to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of us would like to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I think every single one of us wants to be close. 
So what we need to do also, we make tawbah and we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and constantly ask Allah's forgiveness. Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna until we meet again. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahi bihamdihi subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.